0: Log Talk
1: Radio. This is the Light of Truth radio broadcast with Michael Boldea.
0: All right. Welcome to the program and thank you for joining us. This is the Light of Truth radio broadcast. I am, as always, your host, Michael Boldea. And as has become customary on our program, Whenever we are recording this uh, hour of jam-packed wisdom, uh, we tend to let you know, because a lot of things can change from today to tomorrow, and I wouldn't want anyone to think that I somehow overlooked an important piece of news. So yes, this is a recording. We are recording this uh, June the 16th, the year of our Lord, 2021. I let you know the date. Uh, Just in case people go back and listen to the programs and uh, realize, oh my, Uh, that was uh, very foretelling. Uh, That was uh, very American prophetic, if you will. Yes, that's my new coin term. I'm going to beat that horse and tell it. uh, All that's left of it is a tail and some rib bones. American prophetic. Uh, Because right now... um, there's there's no guidance. There's there's nobody um, at the helm. The church has no direction. Uh, all all that the church is doing is uh, placating to the godless. And um, if we choose to do that, then uh, we we probably shouldn't be calling ourselves the church anymore. Because uh, I I understand I do. Uh, we we have a tendency to redefine words nowadays. Everything is something else, but the church and the definition thereof uh, ought to be an anchor. It ought to be a stable point, and it no longer is because we just we go to and fro wherever the winds beat. Uh, if enough pressure is applied, even Franklin Graham comes out and says that Jesus would have taken the vaccine, which uh, allow me to say would probably be highly unlikely. But, on the other side of the spectrum, I have people writing me going, why aren't you warning people that this is the mark of the beast? It's not the mark of the beast. It's a precursor, perhaps. It shows how readily people will do anything they're told by those they perceive to be an authority, whether spiritual or otherwise. So, if we've done anything, is we've shown how easy it will be to manipulate the masses to take the mark of the beast. Um, I've taken to going on walks very early in the morning lately. Uh, It it just helps clear my head, helps me think through some things. And uh, I left the house at about 5 o'clock this morning. Uh, it's usually about a two-hour walk. You know, nothing. I don't. I don't jog. I don't have the body of a jogger. I'm not lithe. I'm not thin. But apparently, you know, uh, all, all indicators show that moving your carcass around a little bit every day, you know, it helps you. Uh, at least as far as, uh, you know, not not withering into some blob thing that has to roll around in a cart at Walmart. So um, it, it, it helps me think. Uh, it's, like I said, it's a couple hours. By the time the girls wake up, I'm back home. We make breakfast. We laugh. But I was contemplating the notion of timelines this morning. Uh, where are we, time-wise, and how is it that God hasn't judged yet? Because that is a question that is at the forefront of a lot of believers' minds. Uh, how come you know, this is allowed to go on? The only answer I have to that is it's only allowed to go on up to a certain point. And uh, today that is what we will be delving into. We will be discussing the events that will trigger judgment. Let's put it that way. That way you'll know where we are. That way you'll know how much time we have left. When you start seeing these things happening, uh, then you know that it is near. And the one go-to we have biblically, spiritually, is the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. Because Sodom and Gomorrah was depraved long before the angels of the Lord showed up to, you know, have a tete-a-tete with Lot. They were perverted. God had already foreordained their destruction. But something happened that I believe, reading through this text over and over again, uh, hastened said judgment. So, let's go to Genesis 19. We'll, we'll start there uh, because uh, it's it's only an hour show, and there's a lot to go through. So uh, we're not we're not going to go in through the history of why the angels came to Sodom. We know that it was because Abraham um, interceded for Sodom to the point that a handful of people would have saved the city had they been righteous. So, now the angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face towards the ground. And he said, Hear now, my lords, please turn into your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet, that you may rise early and go on your way. And they said, No but we will spend the night in the open square. So the first question that we must ponder is, do you not believe that the angels of the Lord knew exactly what was going on in Sodom? All the depravity, all the debauchery, all the sin, all the perversion. Do you not also believe that they understood spending the night in the open square was likely not safe. Now, I understand. They were angels. Really hard to harm an angel. Near to impossible. So, it's not that they had something to fear. But, when they answered, no, but we will spend the night in the open square, it set a baseline of expectation. If things were normal we should be able to spend the night in the open square. If things were civilized, if things were moral, if, if, if there was law and order in, in the city, then it shouldn't be re, really be a problem if, if we spent the night out in the open. But Lot insisted strongly. So they turned into him and entered his house. Then he made them a feast and baked unleavened bread, and they ate. Now, before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both old and young, so uh, understand that perversion doesn't have a cut-off age. There's old perverts and young perverts, as there were in the days of Sodom. All the people from every corner surrounded their house. And they called to Lot and said to him, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them to us that we may know them carnally. We're not going to get into that particular part of it because you already know what it means. Sodom had declined so far that a mob of men demanding that you send your visitors out that they may know them carnally was not out of the realm of possibility. It was not a surprising thing. It wasn't, oh my, look what's happening. What people tolerate and accept eventually becomes the norm. What used to shock us 10, 20 years ago doesn't shock us anymore. We've normalized things that should not be in civil society. We've normalized things that should not be in what calls itself a Christian nation. Apparently, enough of the citizens of Sodom thought it perfectly legitimate and fine if they showed up to Lot's house and demanded that he send out his guests to know them carnally. You know what that means? Again. So Lot went out to them through the doorway, shut the door behind him, and said, Please, my brethren, do not do so wickedly. See, now I have two daughters who have not known a man. Please let me bring them out to you, and you may do to them as you wish. Only do nothing to these men, since this is the reason they have come under the shadow of my roof. Now, I, I have two daughters myself. And I've always had a very difficult time with these three verses. Because it doesn't matter how many people are standing on my threshold. There's no way that I would offer up my daughters to them. Just not going to happen. So I I don't, I, some things you just have to acknowledge that you will never understand. Lot's reaction to this was something that I don't understand being a father of two girls. Now, Theoretically, I understand the fact that Lot was trying to protect the angels. And he was willing to sacrifice his own offspring for the sake of keeping the angels safe. I understand that in theory. In practice, I I don't see myself ever doing such a thing. And they said, stand back. Then they said, This one came in to stay here. And he keeps acting as a judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. So we all know the story of Lot. We know that he picked Sodom as the city he would live in when he parted ways with Abraham. Pardon me while I sip my delicious beverage. And so even though that he'd been living there for some time, to them Lot was still a transplant. To them Lot was still a stranger. And it angered them to no end that Lot would call out their immorality. It angered them to no end that Lot would point out the depravity that their lives had become. And so now they said... We will deal worse with you than we will with these two men that we're planning on raping, basically. I know, fun people, but they're the rainbow people. They're supposed to be happy and gay. Yes, exactly. Give them power. Be silent when you should speak. Drag your church out to wave rainbow flags and celebrate perversion. How long do you think before they see a yummy treat walking into your house that they knock on the door and say, hey, send them out? I know, I know that will never happen here. History repeats itself, period. If man is capable of something... 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 years ago, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, whenever the gamut of history runs across your eyes. If a man was capable of a certain thing back then, he is as capable of that thing now. Understand that this whole thing about civility is a ruse. It's like a a, a thin layer of crust over running lava. We saw this when people thought they couldn't find food in the stores. We saw this less than a year and a half ago. People losing their minds beating up old ladies for toilet paper. Toilet paper stop with the old we're too civilized to do that. Are we? Cathodum was the most civilized place of that day. That's why Lot picked it. Oh, they were so civilized, they color coordinated and everything. And he wakes up with a mob of men at his door, wanting to know his guests carnally. So they pressed hard against the man Lot and came near to break down the door. But the men reached out their hands and pulled Lot into the house with them and shut the door. And they struck the men who were at the doorway of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they became weary trying to find the door. Look, at this point, the plan had gone sideways. The angels had shown up just to tell Lot, Hey, prepare. God's going to judge this place. You kind of need to get out of here. But once the men showed up, once they threatened Lot and his guests, the plan went sideways. Look, I have no way of proving this, but I don't believe that the destruction of Sodom was as imminent as it turned out to be. And so we need to find out what the catalyst is. What caused the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah at the moment it did? And the one thing that stands out clearly is that the depraved, the godless, the perverted attempted to do harm to the men of God, attempted to do harm to the messengers of God. See, even though God is long-suffering, even though sometimes we look at what's going on in the world around us and we go, how could God not have judged it yet? The tipping point was when the men of Sodom, both young and old, showed up to Lot's door and tried to break it down in order to get to the angels of the Lord. So... When the godless, when the perverted, when the hedonists, when the anarchists, whatever you want to call them, begin to do harm, or attempt to do harm, to the messengers of God, that is when judgment is hastened. That is when God says, now. Now... We're going to get back to Sodom and Gomorrah and see their destruction and sort of flesh out the idea that the retreat of Lot and his family was not planned to be so sudden, yet here they were. And read you the story about this Canadian pastor who was now arrested for holding an outdoor service after his church was seized by authorities. I know, but that's Canada. Give it a second. Look, that's, that's the thing that should open your eyes to the times that you're living in. They're still disallowing church service. They're still disallowing people gathering together to worship God. But immunocompromised AIDS patients people laden down with sexually transmitted diseases, swapping spit in the middle of the street and simulating sex acts at the applause and aplomb of uh, progressive churches, that seems to be perfectly legitimate and fine. If you haven't noticed the double standard, it's because you haven't been looking. You know what? I, this, this Canadian pastor is my hero right now. Uh, we, we all need a hero, and this man should be it. Because after the government seized his church, he said, hey, we're going to have open air service. Uh, a Canadian pastor has been arrested after his church held an outdoor worship service at an undisclosed location after the local government ordered the church building to be closed. How is this any different than when the communists would hunt down believers? How is this any different than when the communists would hunt down pastors who dared to have prayer meetings, who dared to have church service? What, they're not torturing them? Is that it? Give it time. Because if you're unwilling to submit then you need to be re-educated. See, this man did not submit. The government seized his building. He had an open-air church service at an undisclosed location, and guess what? They can't have that. Tim Stevens, who serves as pastor of Fairview Baptist Church in Calgary, Alberta, was arrested Monday after refusing to abide by the Order of Alberta Health Services to refrain from holding worship services that don't comply with the provincial COVID-19 rules. It's amazing that right now, most everybody's over the COVID thing, except for those diehards that are still wearing double masks and hyperventilating alone in their cars. And yet, the Canadian government has nothing better to do than to go after a Baptist preacher who decided to have an open-air service. On Monday, Stephen shared on his Twitter account that I just got a tip that the police may be on their way to arrest me. Shortly after that, the police showed up and arrested the pastor in front of his eight children, who tearfully told him goodbye. Let that sink in. I'm going to read it again, because it needs to to, to punch you in the gut. All of you who, oh, we're not that kind of human anymore. We're civilized now. We don't separate parents from children, and we're understanding and tolerance of everyone. Shortly after that, police showed up and arrested the pastor in front of his eight children, who cheerfully told him goodbye The man didn't rob a bank. The man didn't shoot anybody. The man did not commit a crime or a felony. But the police showed up and arrested him in front of his eight children. Justice! Yeah. Did you know that in California it's uh, no longer illegal to knowingly give AIDS to somebody else? But a father of eight was arrested in front of his kids for holding an open-air service. (sighs) I know, I know. No, that's never going to happen here. Give it a second. Perhaps not this go-around, but there will be something else. They realized how easy it is to control the masses. They realized that if they used the cudgel of fear, and if that fear had a representative, like that, that little rat, Dr. Fauci, who constantly insisted that you need to live a life in your basement and cover your face in plastic in order to survive, most people will do whatever they're told to do. A reporter for the Canadian news outlet asked the police if they wanted to comment on why Jason Keeney gets a free pass and you're arresting pastors across the province. The comment was a reference to Alberta Premier Jason Kenney's June 1st dinner with cabinet members that did not comply with the province's public health restrictions. And herein we have the crux of the problem, as the kids would like to say, if they knew what the word crux meant. Law not equally applied is nothing less than tyranny. If person A and person B do the same exact thing, but you arrest person A for doing it and you give person B a pass, then justice is no longer blind. This has been demonstrated time and again in America and in Canada and in Europe and everywhere else. If you don't know what I'm talking about, get a clue. We are on the cusp, kids. Judgment is around the corner, and it is well-deserved judgment. Early Tuesday morning, Stephen's wife, Raquel, posted an update announcing that Tim was arrested again for holding an outdoor service in violation of Alberta's health orders. So, basically, other than the name, there's no difference between China and Canada at this point. is there? Is there? I know, I know, the Chinese are torturing pastors. Well, if this man refuses to comply, at some point he will need to be reeducated. So just give it time. They will justify it somehow. Meanwhile, Washington, D.C. was uh, just declared the gayest city in America. (laughs) Rainbow flags flying everywhere. Nobody's getting arrested, are they? Oh, we're celebrating diversity. If you're celebrating diversity, why is it that you're silencing every voice of dissent? Just a question. He went before a justice of the peace, his wife wrote, and refused the bail condition. So he'll remain in custody until his next court date on June 28th, a father of eight. And you see that? You see he refused the bail condition. What do you think the bail condition was? Don't have service anymore. That was likely... The bail condition. You're free to go about your life. All you have to do is bow. Why is it so hard? You're free to do what you want as long as you do what we tell you. Live, but first bow. And they use this tool time and again. It's nothing new. Remember Daniel? Remember Shadrach, Beshach, and Abednego? You're free to live. Just comply. Remember right after the elections, Pantsuit Barbie came out, a.k.a. Hillary Rodham Clinton, a.k.a. the Murder Squad. Oh, by the way, uh, the reporter who... Uh, wrote the story about Bill Clinton uh, meeting on the tarmac with then uh, Attorney General. Uh, He's dead now, because, you know, that happens all the time. But remember what Hillary Clinton said. The only way to move forward is for everyone to acknowledge there was no cheating in the election that it was legitimate. All you have to do is comply. In a statement, Raquel Stevens, the pastor's wife, explained that state authorities want him to tell people what to wear, where to stand, and to forbid some people from being in the church. She noted that when she asked the police officers if they had ever broken the health orders, they answered in the affirmative. Tim was offered bail conditional upon his agreement to abide by all public health orders, she added. He couldn't agree because doing so would prevent him from faithfully shepherding the flock that has been entrusted to his care. He will remain in custody until his next court date on June 28th. So now the Canadian government is intent on making an example out of this pastor. Because come June 28th, they're going to have the same demands of him. And I pray that his faith holds. I pray that his strength holds. And on June 28th, he has the same answer he had this past week for the Canadian government. No, I will not comply. Because it's hard being away from your family. It's hard being away from your kids. I don't know how well the man is being treated in jail but even if, his be, if he's being given, you know, three meals and a cot per day, he's away from his kids, he's away from his wife, he's away from his sheep. And on June 28th, when he refuses to comply again, well, see you in July. They will do everything they can to break this man down. Because he will serve as an example for all the other pastors in Alberta. Just comply. Just bow. Just be a good little automaton and tell people that Jesus would have taken the vaccine. Do you understand how evil these people are. They will attempt to break this man so that he might serve as an example for all the other pastors in Alberta. Now, if the pastors of Alberta had a backbone, regardless of denomination... Baptist, Pentecostal, Lutheran, Methodist, whatever, non-denominational. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not throwing the Unitarians in there because they're already gone. Every single one of them would have outdoor church services next week. How many pastors can you arrest before there is an outcry? Like I said, I respect this man and his convictions. I hope and pray that his faith holds. Because if they break him, all the other pastors that haven't yet taken a stand will fall in line. Believe you me. Mrs. Stevens predicted that Tim's imprisonment will strengthen us in the faith and embolden us to love and obey Christ, no matter the cost. She asked for prayers that her husband would stand firm, amen, that he would meditate on the love of Christ and his sacrifice for his sinners, that he would be comforted in his chains the Calgary Police Service and Alberta Health Services confirmed Stevens was arrested for violating a court order. Stevens acknowledged the injunction but chose to move forward with an illegal outdoor service ignoring requirements for social distancing and reduced capacity limits for attendees. The joint statement reads, And like I said, Most pastors are going along just to get along. But at some point, church itself will become illegal. At some point, they'll decide, you people are too divisive. Why aren't you out there celebrating the man with a plastic penis on his forehead as he gyrates down the street? or the other man walking two grown men as though they were dogs on leashes. That's progress. The news outlet notes that a large crowd gathered at an undisclosed location to worship and hear Stevens preach on Sunday. The congregation was reportedly discovered by a police helicopter. Police vehicles were seen circling the location and waited until Monday to arrest Stevens. Stevens is represented by Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms. On June 5th, Pastor Stevens tweeted pictures of notices that were posted on the doors of his church, proclaiming that Alberta Health Services has ordered the premises closed to the public. And Alberta Health Services has secured this building as per Section 62.1 of the Health Act. Remember when it was supposed to be two weeks to flatten the curve? I, I, I have to keep reminding you of that, because people forgot all about that. Now this is the thing. Every time they want to control, boom, spike in fear. New strain, new virus. Next Wuhan virus will give you uncontrollable flatulence. The closure of Fairview Baptist Church will remain in effect until such time that this order is rescinded by an executive officer of Alberta Health Services. Stevens attempted to make the best of the situation by vowing that fines, injunctions, imprisonment, and seizure of property will only demonstrate the folly of their actions and bring glory to Christ. Amen. He remarked that it was incredible that this happened in the same week our most senior officials were photoed flouting health orders. Well, but they're senior health officials. The law is for thee it's not for me it is for you lowly little people you you tax paying lot that's who the laws for from coast to coast from from gavin newsom to that that half-hearted looking guy out in new jersey laws don't apply to them they're the ones that write them but you you little peons you you little people. The law applies to you. And there hasn't been pushback to this for such a long time that they think they can get away with it in perpetuity. Stevens was arrested last month for holding a church service that did not comply with public health orders including masking, physical distancing, and attendance limits. During his imprisonment, Stevens wrote a letter to his children asserting that I have been arrested because I am convinced by the word of God, reason, and science that we must gather as a church and live our lives with freedom in Christ. Raquel Stevens shared an excerpt of that letter in her update Tuesday morning. According to Rebel News, Alberta authorities were forced to drop other charges against the pastor last month after discovering that Alberta Health Services never served Stevens with a court order he was said to have violated. But does it matter? They choose. They single out who they're going to persecute, and they go after them. It doesn't matter if they served him or not. He should have known better. He should have complied like all the other pastors in Alberta. Stevens is not the only Canadian pastor to face legal consequences for holding in-person worship services after his church building was ordered to close. The pastor of a church in Aylmer, Ontario, faces nearly $200,000 in fines for holding outdoor worship services after the local government shut down his church building. Arthur Pavlovsky, another pastor based in Calgary, has had multiple encounters with law enforcement over coronavirus worship restrictions. Pavlovsky has angrily confronted local police and public health officials who showed up at his church in two viral videos and was eventually arrested for holding an illegal in-person gathering. So they determine what is legal and what is not. They determine who gets justice meted out to them They determine all these things. So now let's get back to Sodom and Gomorrah. Because the men of the city, both young and old, determined that it was acceptable to go and attempt to molest the angels of the Lord that were residing at Lot's house. It was not out of the ordinary to them. It was not anathema to them. It was acceptable practice. But see, once they attempted to do harm to the messengers of God, their time ran out. Then the men said to Lot, Have you anyone else here, son-in-law, your sons, your daughters, and whomever you have in the city, take them out of this place, for we will destroy this place, because the outcry against them has grown great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law, who had married his daughters, and said, Get up. Get out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But to his sons-in-law, he seemed to be joking. There have been people sent of God, declaring judgment on this nation for the better part of 40 years. I can go through the list of men that God called and sent, and for the most part, the church had the same reaction as Lot's sons-in-law did. Oh, you're just exaggerating. It's a joke. God would never. How, long, how, how bad does it have to get before you realize that not only God would, but that God will. When the morning dawned, the angels urged Lot to hurry, saying, Arise and take your wife and your daughters who are here, lest you be consumed in the punishment of the city. And while he lingered, the men took hold of his hand and his wife's hand and the hands of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful to him. And they brought him out and set him outside the city. So it came to pass when they had brought them outside that he said, Escape for your life. Do not look behind you nor stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains. Lest you be destroyed. Then Lot said to them, Please know, my lords. Indeed, now your servant has found favor in your sight, and you have increased your mercy with which you have shown me by saving my life. But I cannot escape to the mountains, lest some evil overtake me and I die. See now, this city is near enough to flee to, and it is a little one, Please let me escape there. Is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. And he said to him, See, I have favored you concerning this thing also, in that I will not overthrow this city for which you have spoken. Hurry, escape there, for I cannot do anything until you arrive There. therefore the name of the city was called Zoar so even though God had spoken judgment upon Sodom and Gomorrah even though the angels of the Lord were there to mete out that judgment they could not do anything until Lot was safe if that doesn't give you comfort. I don't know what will. Even though God has spoken judgment against the land, he will not mete out that judgment until his servants are safe. I've been asked countless times, how it is that I could have such a sunny disposition knowing what the future holds. I've been asked countless times how it is that I could still smile knowing that judgment is coming. And every single time my answer has been the same. Because I know that judgment will be withheld until God's people are safe. It may be in the midst of it that God will keep you. It may be in the midst of it that God will protect you. But know this With certainty, God will. It's not that he can, it's not that he may. God will protect his children. The sun had risen upon the earth when Lot entered Zoar. Then the Lord rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. So he overthrew those cities, all the plain, all the inhabitants of the cities, and what grew on the ground. But his wife looked back behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. If God has a plan to keep you safe, if God has a plan To take you to a place where you will not be harmed. Trust God. It's that simple. Don't look back because there is nothing to look back to. Trust that God has a perfect plan for your life. Trust that God is able to keep you, to protect you, to guide you? Because he is a good father. Look, I I don't look on the future with trepidation. I don't look on the future with fear. Because my God is already there, preparing a way. The only thing you need to do is remain faithful to him. The only thing you need to do is remain obedient to him. The only thing you need to do is untether yourself from the things of this earth. Do not allow your heart to be consumed by the things of this earth. Because the earth and everything that is in it will pass away. I didn't write that. It's in the book. So knowing that the earth and everything in it will pass away. If our hearts are still tethered here, then we are tethered to a dying thing, a thing that will soon be wholly dead and consumed. I know it doesn't sound like a very optimistic program, but it is. It's upbeat, I know. You're going to yourself, how is that upbeat? Because God protects his children. What more do you need than that? The angels were allowed to do nothing until Lot was safe. But his wife chose to look back. And she received her just reward. I, how do I put this gently? I understand the pull of the whole rising phoenix mindset. I understand the pull of trying to fix things here. But it may be that God has other plans for you. And as long as you follow, as long as you obey, wherever it is that God knows you will be saved, that is where you will end up. Now, even though Lot knew judgment was coming upon Sodom and Gomorrah, He he, he was still vain enough to desire creature comforts. The angels told him, run to the mountains. And he said, but there's this tiny town and it's probably better. And the angels relented and said, fine, go, go to the town, but go. Because we can do nothing until you are safe. And that is the message that I want you to take away from today's program. Do not fear the uncertainty of tomorrow. Because God is with you. Understand how close we are to judgment, seeing that the godless are beginning to persecute the godly. And steel yourself, prepare your heart, for when you see these things. That's it. There's not much more to say. When God decides that judgment must descend, there is nothing that can stop it. When God decides that he's had enough, It's already too late to repent. You can't really repent when the brimstone is falling, can you? Sure, you could pull a Nineveh, but I think we're past that. Because the Jonas have come and gone. Many of them have gone back to the dust of the earth. And, like Lot's sons-in-law, Most of the church laughed it off and thought that they were joking. So, with that, may God bless you. May God keep you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, And if Gino uh, has anything to say, the floor is his as always. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening.
1: Gene? Thank you. Yep, thank you, Mike. You know, I'm reminded of June being declared Gay Pride Month. And you know what? The Bible says the name is 3-7. God does nothing until he what? Tells his servants, the prophets. As Mike said, 40 years, men of God have been warning Babylon. And that's what America is, a modern Babylon. For 40 years, watchmen have been blowing a trumpet. And now, as Mike said, persecution is, is happening and will happen on a much greater level. And we are, as Mike said, at the door of this judgment. He gave the signs. He gave very good examples of where we're at in the timing. This is really the first show I've heard Mike explicitly talk about that uh, in detail. I would urge you to read Revelation 18 about Babylon by God against America. We come against having prayer in schools, but we let gays march down the streets, mocking the God of Heaven. We can't save the freeborn, but we can have you know transgender and and uh, gender surgeries to change people's gender. Where is Babylon at? Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. That's where America's at as well. Jeremiah 51, 8-15, God would have healed Babylon, but it will not be healed. God wanted to heal this golden cup in his hands, but it wouldn't be healed. Why? Pride, rebellion, stiff-necked, anti-God thought in our colleges. A defector from North Korea said our colleges and some of the liberal teaching reminds her of North Korea. Yet try to have Bible study or prayer or prayer in schools. See what happens. We're not only, you know, think about it. America America has become almost like so stubborn and stiff-necked that we've made war against the principles of God. But let me make a point. America will fall like a rock without the hand of God helping her. You will be shocked at how quick. Babylon can fall without God watching our borders and protect. by the way even in that area we've become stupid as our leaders allow our whole southern border to literally be overrun from people from 120 so when we have another 911 again who are we going to blame stolen election crime rampant in our cities and the world is seeing the, fo- the starting of the fall and implosion of america we let people that are evil wicked and anti-god become governors and leaders like cuomo oh yeah cuomo who's for infanticide pull the pre-born baby out of the womb and still kill it Or the Baptist Governor Northam in Virginia, pull the baby out of the womb and kill it. That's this Baptist Governor's philosophy. As Mike said, the church has fallen too. But the remnant of God and the obedient will be protected by the Lord. I think it was a wonderful program. Get it out to your friends and blow a trumpet while you can. Thank you for listening to The Light of Truth. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast, The Light of Truth, with Michael Bodea. If you would like to order a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website at handofhelp.com. If you have questions about our ministry, you can email us at handofhelpoffice at aol.com or simply call us at 920-206-9910. God bless you.